0: all right good morning this is driving theology my name is mike i am on my way to work as usual on a wednesday morning it's a beautiful day i mean it's just been beautiful weather the temperature finally dropped just a bit so it's a little cooler, <clears throat> but really we were—excuse <clears throat> me—we were having more of a late summer in a lot of ways. But right now it's just gorgeous. Um, I'm going to try not to uh, to uh, waste too much time this week. I've uh, had a rough week. But I don't want to talk about myself too much. But I feel pretty good today, so there you go. Well, I uh, <clears throat> caught something online this morning that piqued my interest, and uh, basically, it was a uh, reference to I want to say John, but one of one of Jesus's more extended um, discussions about love and command. Commandments, right? Uh, which I think happened happened in a few places, but basically, you know, Jesus says um, that uh, I obey my Father's commands, therefore I I remain in His love, and if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, right? So he's 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 connecting his disciples to the Father through himself, right? Connecting them to Father through himself. So he becomes the uh, the glue that holds us to the Father. Um, and the disciples, while, while Jesus are on earth, un, unbeknownst to them, they are being introduced to... Uh, God and and they don't know he's God at first I don't believe Um, because in so many ways he doesn't he doesn't look like Jesus doesn't look like the God that they're familiar with from from their uh, having been taught the Old Testament right the Old Testament uh, books of the law the uh, books of history the books of prophecy the books of wisdom psalms uh in a lot of ways jesus doesn't really doesn't really look a lot like that god and so when i believe when jesus says uh i i um you know i come from the father and i will will return to the father the father and i are one uh if you've seen me you've seen the father Uh, and yeah, if, because I obey my father, I remain in his love. And if you obey me, you will remain in my love. All, all of these are different ways, I think, to try to, 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 to accommodate the disciples where they are, right? They, they are Jews and they've been taught about God, the father, uh, for many years. But Jesus says in other places, oh, sorry, this Heater is going to be way loud. Let me, let me just turn that off if I can. My stupid heater doesn't like to work. Oops. There it goes again. It's like it works this time. Um, <clears throat> and he said in other places that uh, you don't know the Father, right? You you don't know the Father. You you are not familiar with. Uh, he, he tells the Pharisees that they don't know the Father, which is why he sees. You know, he, he's trying to teach them that if you've seen me, you've actually seen the Father. I am, Jesus says, I am the final revelation of the Father. I am who the Father is. So if you know me, there are no questions any longer as to who God is. But you know that that's a pretty big step for the disciples to make. So I don't think. Jesus tries to completely wipe away their understanding of who God is um, because I, I, I think it might be a fatal blow to some of them. I think they may just give up and run away if, if it happened so suddenly like that. But I think what he was doing was, was the next best thing, which is saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm between you and the Father. Uh, and I connect you to Him, and you can be in His love because I am His love. So remain in me, and in so doing, you will remain in the Father, and, and everything will be okay. And then I think Jesus depends on the Holy Spirit from that point to take them even farther uh, to where um, to where they start to understand uh, that indeed they were with the Father. <laughs> Jesus is the Father, right? Uh, in a way, he, he didn't seem like the Father probably to them because of their misunderstanding of who the Father actually is. Um, but but this, this um, what did I call it? Divine, um, not appropriation, not association, I've suddenly lost the word. Um, accommodation, right? Define accommodation of where we are is something that um, I think we can we can uh, look at more deeply uh, all throughout Scripture, really. Uh, God's love um, and His compassion for us and His mercy, right, for our weaknesses and misunderstandings and lack of intelligence and lack of understanding. Uh, dictates to him that that he be patient with us and that he accommodate us and accept us where we are and then gently lead us step by step to a better place. Uh, it's something we do with children, right? It, there are all kinds of things we do uh, with children. And, and I think Paul would say that this is possibly part of the idea of, of milk feeding as opposed to meat feeding that babies need milk, uh, but adults need meat. And, you know, you may be on milk today, but you shouldn't stay on milk forever. But the fact that you're on milk today is okay, but let's move you, you know, closer and closer, um, further and further toward adulthood, toward, um, becoming mature, right? Toward better understanding. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think um, hmm. this, this is something that uh, God actually did all through the Old Testament. Uh, he divinely accommodated where people are while revealing himself to them in, in packages that were understandable to them but maybe did not reveal his entire person all at once. There may be a few people that got glimpses uh, of more of God than others, who understood more of God than other people did. I think we'd have to say, obviously, Abraham is one of them. Moses would be another, and possibly David still another. Uh, Or or possibly one of of the... uh, prophets, Nathan or Samuel, who were around when David was around. Um, I sometimes wonder if David isn't given some of the credit for what Nathan and Samuel actually uh, did while he was around, but that's not to, that's not to uh, dog David or anything. I'm sure David was a perfectly fine human, a great human in many ways. Uh, but he was obviously made a hero, right? He was—he was written to be a hero, except for a, a few, a few blemishes, and some of those blemishes are pretty big. And yet he survived them uh, and remained king, despite some of the evil stuff that he did. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and so this idea of divine accommodation, I think, reveals a God of love perhaps as much as anything else in scripture right that, that he accepts us where we are and is committed to leading us in, in proportion to our ability to safely be led right, to greater and greater um, maturity it's not something he, he forces on us right? And that that reveals God to be very, very loving and patient and kind and long-suffering. Long-suffering is one of those uh, terms that... uh, Here we go again. The long-suffering of of God is one of those terms that uh, from the Old Testament that um, I think gets overlooked a lot and we assume God to be um, quick to anger sometimes if we read the Old Testament. When in fact, the Old Testament tries to teach us that God is long-suffering, that he is patient. that uh, And, you know, why would a God who knows everything and sees everything uh, and, and is all-powerful, why, why would he have any reason to be impatient, you know? Um, it, it does um, kind of seem silly in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, so, you know, and I'm just thinking about, um, 1 Corinthians 13, the, the chapter we often talk about love, and I want to connect a few dots here, um, <clears throat> when, when Paul talks about love, uh, I believe it's in the light of the fact that God is love, right? That, that you could actually replace the word God, uh, love with God here or love with Christ or, uh, you know, whichever, whichever suits you best. But, you know, when it says love is patient, love is kind, uh, love doesn't remember wrongs, right? Love keeps no record of wrongdoing, I think is another way that's said, um, I think you could you could actually say that more than a more than advice on how we should be it's a description of who God is and who Christ is in God Christ is patient Christ is kind Christ does not remember wrongs that were done to him right all of those things I, I think you could say that what this is describing is the character of God more than anything right of course John tells us the essence of God is love and John and Paul were on the same team <laughs> eventually not in the beginning um, and so I know it's so simple for us to say that God is love these days Right, and we have this this picture of love that is um, what do you call it? Is equal to our understanding of who God is, right? So, for example, if if we believe yes, God is God is kind and long-suffering and patient, but He does punish sin and He does punish people when they do wrong, and He he he. He can get angry, and and can um, be wrathful, right? And we can say God is love in the same breath as saying all those things, and it's perfectly fine to us because we have, we we do not allow ourselves this cognitive dissonance, right? We we jump through hoops in our brain and maybe our subconscious to make it all fit right yes God can be quick to anger but God God's essence is still love right God can be a jealous God and yet God's essence is still love Uh, God can kill somebody for touching something that was falling but yeah God is still love right so we we, because we cannot give up on Scripture because we have such a I hate saying high view because I don't think it's a high view Uh, we have idolized Scripture to the point that we think that every single word must be true in the way that we understand it. Um, That we think God can do things that if anybody else did them would be considered evil. And God can still be love, right? Because I have to believe Scripture and I have to believe in God. Uh, Therefore, these things must make sense. Therefore, in my mind... uh, I have justified all of that, you know, all of that dissonance, all, all of those contradictory terms, right? Um, and you know, when we want to believe something so bad, um, we do things like this, right? It's very easy. We do think, you know, when we have family members who are abusive, but because they're our family members and we have a kind of love for them, we we ignore or justify, um the bad things they do because we love them. And so we just kind of choose not to see uh, any uh, any weaknesses in the people we love. right? We say love is blind. and, and this is not a bad thing. I don't want I'm not trying to to say that we should be more critical of people. That's not uh, the purpose. It's just that's just how it goes, right? If we want to believe something, really bad then we will make it work right we'll, we will we will make it work this is why kids can believe in Santa Claus and and magic and, and that maybe Mickey Mouse is really alive right it's because they want to believe it's so bad they they just make it work and they just accept it and move on and don't dwell on it too much and I think this this tendency is what has kept religion alive for so long right? Uh, because somehow we brainwash people into not questioning um, all of the uh, inconsistencies. Uh, and, and, uh, and there are a lot, right, in religions. There, there are a lot of things that kind of slap you in the face. So which is it, right? You, you have to come down to a question. Which is it? Is God love? And I think I would use 1 Corinthians 13 as a way to define what love is. Uh, and there's lots of other verses, right? Uh, 1 John. Um, I think all of those verses are great. So if we come up to a to an idea of what love is, and then we realize that God is not always loving as he's described in the Old Testament, Uh then we either have to give up on our on, on our idea of God being all good, or we give up on the idea of Scripture being literally true all the time. When I say literally true, because I think there are things that we can learn from poor descriptions of God in the Old Testament, and I, so. I think that's what we have. And I don't mean poor uh, as far as people didn't do their job well, it's just that they had a limited understanding, and they and they made up the difference with what you know. They, you have what you know, and you have what probably is true based on your experience as a human being. And so, basically, what what they did was assigned and ascribed human attributes to God in the Old Testament, right? Because they didn't have a great theology yet. Right, Their theology wasn't very complete yet. And I think Jesus comes and completes the theology if we're willing to accept it. And I think we're still, we're still on a journey um, of progressive theology. Uh, I don't think you can say, well, Jesus is the last answer, accept him, and there you go. There's just too many residual things that we've been handed down that we have to deal with. And I don't think that that'll necessarily ever go away in this life. I think it's things that we uh, are going to be dealing with for uh, and until Christ completes all things in him and, and, you know, the earth is brought under his, uh, his authority, right? Until the culminating events come to pass, which I still want to believe in. I still hope for, I don't know that they're true, but I still hope for, you know, a a single event that will make all things new. Yeah, I want to believe in that. Uh, So, in this passage where, where Jesus says, uh, going back to where I started, uh, where he says, you know, because I, I obey my father, I am in his love. And if you obey me, you will be in, you will be in my love, right? Uh, he's, he's trying to um, take a little bit of the focus off of their old depiction of God and put their focus on who they know Jesus to be right he's trying to lead them from their old idea of who god is into god uh, jesus's more perfect revelation of who god is right and he says so if you want to remain in my love you must obey my commandments and then he says and the commandment is love one another as i have loved you how wonderful for a people that have been brought up under a legalistic uh, authoritarian religion of hundreds hundreds of laws right? Hundreds of very specific rules and laws I can't remember how many now Uh, How wonderful is it for him to say you know what? All you need to worry about is love. Love each other as I have loved you. Right? That's all you need to, to work for. Just try to be more loving. Right? Be, be more loving. Be more loving. Every day, be a little bit more loving. Be a little bit more kind. More patient. Uh, more uh, self-controlled. Uh, be a little bit more generous. Uh Try to bring healing and acceptance and family to people, right? Just work on that. Don't worry about all these specifics. Do this. Don't do this. Do this. Don't do this. Forget all that. Love one another as I have loved you. Okay? Just work on that. That's all you got to worry about. How wonderful is that? Like, you know, there are so many. As I'm driving here on the road, there are all kinds of laws that I have to be worried about right? I have to, I have to stay uh, on the left side of this solid yellow line. Uh, I have to go the speed limit, right? I can't go over the speed limit. Uh, as I'm going through this intersection right now, I have to obey the light. If the light's green, I can go. If it's red, I have to stop. Uh, I, I need to try to drive fairly straight, right? I can't pass cars, right? That are in front of me um, on this road right now. Um, I can't go in the opposite lane, going the wrong direction. If I turn, I need to use my turning signal. My car has to operate correctly, right? Which means it has to put out the accepted um, particles in my exhaust. My all of my. Emergency lights and brakes have to work. Uh, I have to keep my two hands on the steering wheel. Uh, I can't be distracted by my cell phone uh, or, you know, doing anything anything else in the car. I've got to keep my eyes on the road. I have to be wary of pedestrians and bicyclists and motorcyclists. Um, really. As I drive, there are probably hundreds of laws um, that I am encountering. There there are these blue lines on the road that are cycle lanes, right? So I have to be wary of cyclists using the cycle lanes. I have to allow them space, right? Um, just all kinds of stuff, right? Laws are everywhere. Um, and, you know, when you drive, you don't necessarily think about them all the time. Uh, but when there's a policeman around, suddenly there's, there's stress involved, right? You know that that policeman <clears throat> is just waiting for you to slip up so that he can he can catch you, right? And then give you a penalty, right, to punish you for stepping outside the laws. Um, a lot of religion is like that, right? We know that there are people that are just waiting to catch us in disobeying. Uh, the laws of religion, no matter what religion that is, right? But that's why I don't believe true Christianity can be a religion. It's not a religion, right? It's simply love one another as I have loved you. Love your fellow man. Just do that. And the fact that I loved you and died for you while you are still sinners means that even if you don't follow my commands, even if you don't remain in my love, even if you fail miserably at following my command to love one another, because I died for you while you were already a sinner, then what do you have to worry about? So not only is it best for you and best for the world if you follow my commands, uh, I'm not going to punish you for not doing that. Because I've already died for you, right? While you were still sinning, I died for you. I loved you while you were still uh, without any knowledge of God, without any knowledge of Christ. You were already loved more completely uh, than you've ever been loved in any way in your life. Uh, So much so that I couldn't, that Jesus couldn't love us more. Right? And so his love is so long-suffering that even if we don't follow his advice to, re- advice to remain in his love and to love one another as he has loved us, that his love already covers us. I mean, how how phenomenal is that, right? It's it's the definition of grace, right? It's the very definition of grace—unmerited favor. Right? The the concept that there's really nothing you can do. what this guy's doing up here. There's really nothing you can do to to get my love. You're gonna get it anyway. Or there's nothing you can do to lose my love and there's nothing you can do to get it. Right? Because you already have it. You don't you didn't have to do anything to get it. So, yeah, I know it's cliché to talk about the love of God, and uh, but I still feel like almost everyone I know, including myself, we still have a very limited concept of what that love is, and and I think it will continue to expand as you try to understand it, right? As you, as you realize that Christ accepts you where you are and, and accepts your understanding of him now uh, but that you know you can you can accept challenges to go a little deeper a little farther um, a little closer to the true identity of God the true identity of Christ why are people beeping some reason people are beeping and flashing lights and I don't know what's going on I don't know maybe there's a policeman up ahead it's possible so yeah um, it may be cliche to talk about the love of God but don't ever assume that you've you've grasped it completely You know, I think I think you'll know if you haven't when you are still impatient. Uh, when you're not kind. When you don't have good self-control. Right? When you're not as generous as you could be. And it's fine, right? I mean, we're, we all are <clears throat> not good at those things at some point or another. And we... We kind of uh, ebb and flow like the like the tide, right? We have good times and bad times, good days and bad days, uh, and we are either successful, more successful, or or less successful at being like Christ. But I think it's it's less about being like Christ, especially at first, and it's more about just knowing who Christ is, right? Really focus on who He is and know that that he has left us an example of how to be the best way we can possibly be in the world. And that's to love one another as he has loved us and that is love is long suffering and all encompassing and unconditional for us. And that's a great thing, right? That's, that's beauty itself. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, I think I took a little bit of a weird journey to get there, but I think if I end up talking about the love of Jesus, hopefully in an interesting way and maybe a new way that you haven't considered, then, uh, I hope it, I hope it helps you out. I hope it, it it works for you. Um. I do, I do think the more you understand the true nature and character of Jesus, uh, of the Christ, of, of our Father, um, the better it will be for you. I do believe that. I think, I think um, contemplating the face of Christ, uh, contemplating the heart of Christ or the identity of Christ, true identity of Christ and using some of these love passages to get there, uh, I think, I think, um, has immeasurable value, uh, and will, will, will bring you happiness and peace in your life, uh, even in the midst of turmoil. I think it's, I think it's the identity of Christ. Um, that gets us through the worst things that come at us in life. And I think every time we get through, uh, another calamity, uh, because of, of the love of Christ, I think we, we are, we are revealed. We, we, what is it? We can be, um, a greater understanding of Christ is revealed in our suffering. And I've talked about how suffering seems to be the mode to greater understanding of Christ in this broken world. That through suffering, uh, when we are brought low, when we are humbled through our suffering, uh, it gives us a chance to better grasp uh, the true beauty of Christ. Um, so, uh, I don't mean to say that if you understand the love of Christ, you won't suffer. Uh, unfortunately, that's, that's not uh, the road that have, has been offered to us, nor is it the road that has been laid by those that have gone before us, right? Uh, we suffer largely in part because of those who have gone before us. And Unfortunately, those who come after us will still have to suffer. <clears throat> I believe, and I hope, up to a certain point. I, I, I really hope that there is a, a point of. What is it? Um, critical mass, where <clears throat> love t- comes together, comes together in such a way that it, it instantaneously repairs, uh, and and um, heals the world and all in it, and that Heaven comes to Earth and we enjoy this new era of Heaven-Earth existence uh, that we have been waiting for for so long. So I'm going to sign off there, I yeah, hope you guys have a wonderful and peaceful day and uh, that you are able to bask in the love of Christ. Bye-bye.